Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. How many of you here know who I am? Let me see your hands. How many of you don't? How many of you don't care? I ask that question for a very basic reason, to be honest with you. I have a saying, if you meet me and forget me, nothing lost. But if you meet Jesus Christ and you forget him, everything's lost. But my name is Marvin Odegaard, and I get the privilege to deliver you the message this morning as our great Pastor Keith and Kay are still on their sabbatical and taking a well-deserved break. But just to tell you a little bit about who I am, I am the 76-year-old pastor that preaches at Paradise Resort Estates in Far Texas from November 1st until the end of April each and every year. And I do that for a very basic reason. I found out the first year I went down there that there are many people my age and older that have never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And do you know how serious that is? And so God has given me the ability, thankfully, to share the message with people that still need to make that decision to turn their lives over to Jesus Christ. And I've had the opportunity over the past 13 years to tell people how to accept the Lord as their Savior and have them accept them as their Lord and Savior and two or three days later pass away. And so I ask myself, why do you continue to do this? And then I answer my own question, that's why. Who would those people have heard the message from if it wasn't from me. And so i like to share with you this morning something that each and every one of you probably deal with every single day. But even though we deal with it, God designed us not to deal with it. And that word is called conflict. How many of you go through your life and never have any conflict? If anybody raises their hand, I'm going to come back next week and preach a message on lying (laughs) because because I know that we all have conflict in our lives. But that's not what God wanted when when he created us. And I thought about it as I was studying this message, and I'm one of these guys that I have time to watch the news occasionally. And I, like a lot of you, see the conflict that goes on between our House and Senate and our Republicans and Democrats. And I don't care who you are, but God don't want conflict. And, and it not only goes there, it also comes all the way down to, to our homes. And that's what I want to address this morning is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, tells us that even though God created each one of us differently, he doesn't want any conflict in our lives. And so I'm going to ask you a question before I get started. 
Would you like to be able to go out of here today and never have another day in your life where you have conflict? Wouldn't that be great? But think about it. Think about when you got, before you got married, when you were dating your wife or your now husband. Do you remember? Girls, you'd get together with your girlfriends and you would tell him just what a great guy he was, all the things you had in common, and all the things you were going to do with your life. Right? And the guys would say at work, you ought to see this chick that I just found. I'm going to marry her someday. And then that day happens and you get married. Whoops. And the conflict begins. Doesn't it? And, and that's because we forget about all the things we were doing while we were dating. And if we would remember those things, our marriages would last a long, long time. Fortunately for me, I like to talk on, on Independence Day weekend because in 1776, our country declared its independence. And I say that for a reason because in 1976, I declared my dependence on Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And our whole lives changed. Last Saturday night, not this week, but a week ago, my wife and I celebrated our 56th wedding anniversary. And I'm going to be so bold as to say, in the society we live in, that's pretty uncommon. It's pretty uncommon. And the reason it's uncommon is because of conflict. And the reason there's conflict in our lives is because none of us have heard or none of us have believed the passage that God gave Peter, that Peter gave to us, that I'm going to give to you this morning. Are you ready? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. This verse alone, if you lived by it, would eliminate every single bit of conflict you've had in your, you'll have in your marriage. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, full of sympathy towards each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. If we all did that, there wouldn't be any divorces. If we all did that, there wouldn't be any conflict. But unfortunately, we don't. And I think the reason we don't is something Deanna and I learned a long time ago. If we're going to eliminate conflict in our lives with, between us and between our children and between people we associate with, then we have to start our day making Jesus Christ the focal point of our day. Does that make sense? And, and so I'm going to tell you something we do that I'm going to recommend. Every single morning, like you, we get out of bed. Every single morning, my wife lock, walks this great big huge dog we got called Brutus for a mile and a half. While she's walking the dog, I'm on the treadmill. But when we're done, we gather in our living room. She gets out her Bible. I get out my Bible. She gets out her devotion book. I get out our devotion book, and we pray and ask God, tell us what you want us to do this day. And then we spend time in his word. You see, the only place you can get the marching orders that really matter 
is right here in the Holy Bible. Anything the world tells you is really not very important. But what's spoken in here is critically important, not only for today, but also for eternity. Because you see, Jesus Christ, we have found out that he tells us how to live each day the way he wants us to live. But he also promises us, because we have made the decision, my wife and I, to make him our Savior, he says, I'll not only take care of you now, but I'll take care of you in eternity. Because someday, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. Isn't that great to know? When, when, when we're done here, we're not done. Those of us who are Christians and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to heaven. But let's live our lives here before we go to heaven without any conflict, shall we? So here's six things. Peter gives us six principles that I will guarantee you, if you will put these principles into your life, as of this day, your life will change and you will have no conflict or at the very minimum, very little conflict in your marriages. That should be good information, shouldn't it? Okay, so what does he say? He says, if you're going to live your life conflict-free, the first thing you have to be is understand what sympathy is. You have to understand what sympathy is. And here's the other thing you need to know about me. <clears throat> when I give you a message today, what I say is not important at all. But what God says is very important. So every statement that I make, I'm going to back up with God's Word. Is that fair enough? And here's what he says about sympathy. Full of sympathy towards each other, 1 Peter 3.8. What does that mean to you? When I say we have to be sympathetic, what does that mean? Well, here's what sympathy does. There are two things. Number one, it communicates understanding. When you have the ability, especially with ladies, if guys, you have the ability to show them you're sympathetic, you convey to them that you are trying your best to understand them. And that's important to a woman. She wants to feel needed. She wants to feel understood. And she wants to feel wanted. Is that a fair statement, girls? But there's a second one. God says it conveys validation. All of us, I don't care male or female, we have the need to feel validated. We have the need to feel that our opinion matters. What we say is important and people are listening. God talks about listening in his book, you know. And here's what he says about listening and communicating sympathy and communicating understanding and validating people. James 1.19 says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That don't describe most of us, does it? When somebody lashes out at us, what do we do? We lash out right back. Even though 
God clearly tells us, listen. Don't talk, just listen. And I know with this young lady that I'm married to, when I shut up and listen, we have a lot better results at our house. But here's what God also says. The problem with anger, it usually results in difficulty. And so number one, God says you have to learn to be sympathetic. But there's another one. The good part about the Lord Jesus Christ is in this book, he gives us all the things we need to know about all the things we're going to deal with on a daily basis. The problem is, most people don't start their day every day in God's Word. And so I'm going to encourage you, if you're one of those people that's here this morning, and you don't start every single morning spending time in God's Word before you get involved with the world, please do. And I'll make you a guarantee. If you'll do it for 90 days, your life will change. That's a fact. But God has something else, and he calls it loyalty. God says if you're going to have a successful marriage, if you're going to have successful relationships, if you're going to have success with your children, you have to remain loyal. 1 Peter 3.8, the balance of the verse. Loving one another with tender hearts. And I can assure you, if you're loyal and you really want to be loyal especially to your spouse, you will do exactly what God tells you to do in this verse, and that is to love each other with tender hearts. And when you love each other with tender hearts, and I mean really love each other, you won't have any conflict because you will be able to work through situations. You see, what loyalty means to me is this. Loyalty in, in our family means this. I don't necessarily agree with everything Deanna says or does. And she don't agree with everything I say or do. But because 56 years ago, <clears throat> we made a promise. We made a promise to God Almighty and to each other. Not to get married until times get tough and then jump out. We said, for better or for worse, for riches, for poor, in sickness and in health, until when? Death. Death do us part. That's what loyalty is. When you say those vows, and you mean those vows, and you know God, and you know how to live out those vows, then your conflicts are a whole lot less. But here's something critically important. <clears throat> you can't do that unless Jesus Christ is the center of your marriage. Did you know that? You can't. It's a three-way deal. Christ and then each other. So please, remember to be a loyal to each other. And loyalty also, mean, also means this in Romans 12.10. It says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And I can assure you, if you are devoted to each other in love, no more conflict. But he says more. He says, you don't want any conflict in your life? Then you have to, according to Romans 15, 7, accept one another just as Jesus Christ accepted you. 
I'm going to tell you a good feeling for me. For those of you that know me, know that I got a horrible past. But I serve, like many of you, a Lord Jesus Christ who says, I accept you just like you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you've hurt. I don't care how many times you've hurt me, Jesus says. I still accept you, and I love you. But there's a catch. He says, now I expect you, Marv Odegaard, to accept other people just like they are. And that was really important to me because we came to celebrate church 18 years ago when it was over at Memorial Middle School. And we were invited by our daughter because we just moved here from Mitchell, South Dakota. And we came from a Baptist background from over in Mitchell. But we were searching for a church home. And we hadn't found one. So Chris, our daughter, said, why don't you come try celebrate? So we did. And we discovered two things rather quickly about Pastor Keith Loy. Number one, he's highly motivated. Number two, he had the same concerns that we had, and that was to get the gospel to the lost people in this community. And I think that Celebrate Church has done a very good job of doing that. But there was also a third thing to that first meeting at Celebrate. We weren't too sure about the rest of you. Here's why. As I told you, I came from a Baptist background. I'm 76 years old, and I always wore a suit and tie to church. And I came in here over at Memorial Middle School, and you know what I saw? Blue jeans and cutoffs and sleeveless shirts and caps. And I got out in my car, and my wife and I said, you don't really know if we belong there. And so we didn't stay. We looked around Sioux Falls for a church. And we got involved with one for a couple of months, and we didn't feel good there either. And then our daughter calls again. She said, you know, we're having Dylan dedicated. We'd love to have you and Mom come. So we went back. At that time, they'd moved over to 53rd, and we walked through the door. Six or seven couples walked up, put their arms around us, said, welcome home. From that day on, I don't care what you look like. I love you. You know why? Because you love me. That's what Celebrate showed us. They said, we love you just the way you are, and that's what Jesus Christ says. I don't care what you wear. I just want you to worship me. And that's what loyalty is. That's how we are able to be loyal to our wives, to our husbands, and to each other, especially those of us that go to the same church. You've heard it said here often. We're a family. We love each other. We care about each other. And I have that same situation in Texas. Those people we see only in the wintertime, but they are friends because they are trying to do the same thing we do, and that's do what Jesus Christ put us on this earth to do. And in case you don't know this, here's why he put you here to help build his kingdom. You're not here for any other reason. Even though you may think so, you're not. 
God put each one of us here, gave each one of us a talent, and said, I expect you to use this to help me reach lost people to build my kingdom. So when I come back, we're all ready. Amen. We're not done yet. I got another one. There's one more thing. Actually, there's three more things. But the third thing God says, if you're going to live your lives conflict-free, you have to understand what generosity and compassion mean. Once again, statement, biblical truth, Colossians 3.12, clothe yourself with compassion. That's a direct order from God. He says, clothe yourself with compassion. I want you to have, I want you to serve other people with generosity, and I want you to have the ability to extend compassion to them, the same compassion as I extend to you. So how do we do that? Well, there's a couple ways. God gives them to us. He says the first thing, the first way you show compassion is through your speech. Ephesians 4.29. Speak what is helpful for building others up to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Well, that sounds this way to me. It sounds that if I want to build somebody up, I better speak tenderly. I better speak softly. I better speak kindly. I better speak lovingly. And don't you agree if we did that in all marriages, there wouldn't be any conflict? I think so. And I think that's why God put it there. God put it there because, as I said when I started this message out, he don't want any conflict in our lives. He wants us to live trouble-free. The second way we show compassion, according to God's Word, is by our actions. The Bible says this, My children, we should love people not only with words and talk, but by our actions and true caring. Do you know what actions say? What can I do to make your life easier? What can I do to make things better for you? What can I do to help grow your relationship with Jesus Christ? Not difficult. That's what I love about God's Word. It's simple. It's easy to understand for those of us who are Christians because the Holy Spirit indwells in us. And the parts we can't understand, He teaches us to understand. One more thing. My children, we should love people. I'm telling you this again. Not only with words and talk, but by our actions. And then there's one more ingredient. You see, when God gave this, the only thing about Peter, Peter's a guy that had no business telling us anything because he denied God three times. And, and that's exciting to me because here's what that means to me. If God can use a guy like Peter who denied who Jesus Christ was, he can use you and me, can he? But in order to use us, we have to have one more characteristic. 
and it's called humility. God wants us to be humble. Why? The Bible explains it in Proverbs 13.10. The Bible says, pride only leads to arguments. Doesn't that make sense? When pride gets involved, that's when we argue with each other because when pride gets involved, it means I want my way, I want my way right now, and I'm not going to wait. And so then we have to ask ourselves, what is humility? What does it mean to be humble? And the answer is pretty simple. It means if I'm a humble individual, I can be honest with you about my weaknesses. I can be honest with you about my shortcomings. I can be honest with you about my needs. And I can be honest with you about the things I fail at. That's what humility is. Humility is having the ability to say, I really don't know it all. I need help. And I don't know a single marriage that doesn't need help at some point in time. And if we will take the time to be humble and swallow our pride and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to help us, through the difficult situations that happen in our marriage, he will. I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. And I've been sober 46 years. I'm not proud of that, but here's what I am pleased with. I have a wife who committed her life to the Lord Jesus Christ before I did. And she said, you know, right now he's terrible, but I have hope. I think God can change my husband. And my mother and my wife prayed for me for 10 years. Guess what happened? God stepped up. God stepped up. So please, Remember that pride only leads to arguments. Please have the ability to say this. I was wrong. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. Because the Bible says this other thing about pride. Anyone who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. That's who Jesus Christ is. He, but he says this. If you're not going to admit your mistakes and you're not going to forgive people, then I'm not going to forgive you. I'm going to continue loving you, but I'm not going to forgive you. And that's why it's so critically important to go through your life and not hold any grudges. Even if you're here today and you're divorced, Please don't hold a grudge against your ex-wife or husband because God don't, and God don't want us to either. So humility is critical in eliminating conflict in our lives. But there's another one. It's called mercy. Every day, 
whether you know it or not, each one of you receives mercy from God Almighty for something because he's a God of mercy and he's a God of grace. But once again, if he extends mercy to me, he has a request. He says, because you're created in my image, I expect you to extend mercy to them. And that's especially true in marriage relationships. And here's what it says in 1 Peter 3.9. Never pay back one wrong with another or pay an angry word with another one. Instead, back with the blessing so that you will inherit a blessing yourself. I am blessed every single day of my life. I want more blessings. And in order to get those blessings, I have to be able to extend blessings to those around me, and so do you. It's a direct command from God. I just read it. Don't pay back evil. Don't pay back evil. Instead, he says, pay out a blessing, and then I will bless you. And those are encouraging words from God himself through Peter. Here's what else he tells you this morning from Colossians 3.13. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Is that fair enough? That's fair enough to me. If I say, Lord, I sinned, and I need forgiveness for this sin, what does he say? 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the kind of God I love. But that doesn't come about unless we have the ability to ourselves to extend some mercy. So we've looked at five things. We've looked at sympathy. We've looked at loyalty. We've looked at compassion and generosity. We've looked at humility. And we looked at mercy. And the last one is critically important because without it, we can't do the other five. And it's called maturity. God wants us to mature as we walk through our relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. The more time you and I spend with Jesus Christ, the more mature we become. And the more mature we become, the more we have the ability to extend the six things that he gave us this morning in order to eliminate the conflict in our lives. I said last night, and I'll say it again, I'd love to give this message right in the center of Washington, D.C. Because I can assure you, if our leaders of our country lived by these six principles, we wouldn't have any conflict anywhere. And wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? So God explains something about maturity, and I'm almost done. He says in 1 Peter 3.10, if you want a happy, good life, keep control of your tongue, guard your lips from telling lies, and live in peace. In other words, the way to live in peace, muzzle that 
and open these. And boy, that's difficult, isn't it? But that's what God wants us to do. God says, muzzle your mouth, open your ears, and live in peace. Now, I can assure you that if you decided today that these are good principles, if you decided that God did the right thing when he gave them to Peter, and if you decided that Peter gave the right things when he gave them to us, and you don't want any conflict in your lives, and you live by these principles, you won't have any conflict in your lives. And I'm going to close with this statement. How do you know when you're mature? The answer is, when you're concerned more about other people than yourself, that's the sign of maturity. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful this morning that you gave me the opportunity to share these six principles that you gave to Peter. And now I'd like to ask a favor. I'd like you to remind each one of us that we're here this morning for a reason. We were here this morning to learn how to eliminate the conflict in our lives. And then, Lord, I have another favor. I would like you to remind us to look at these principles every single day and make them part of our lives so that our marriages would be more prosperous, that our relationships would be greater, and that our friendships would grow. And then, Lord, I want to thank you for these people that are gathered here today, and I pray that you will continue to work in each one of our lives until we become the people you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray.